be willing to take full responsibility for the outcome of whatever decision it is you make. When we ask for advice, we're trying to delegate responsibility. But the problem with delegating away that responsibility is that we're also delegating responsibility for the results that we do create in our lives that we do want to take responsibility for. So we want to take responsibility for it all and accept that these are decisions we're making for ourselves. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. This podcast is brought to you by Wingnut Social, a digital marketing agency amplifying luxury brands across the U.S. and Canada. For more information, go to wingnutsocial.com. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell. Today we have Desi Cresswell on the podcast. She is a life coach and business coach for the interior design industry. You guys may have heard her on her previous episode, which is going to be in the show notes. If you didn't, please catch that. Today, we're talking about something that seems counterintuitive for an interior design coach or any coach, really, to talk about. We're going to talk about trusting your own damn self (laughs) and not reaching out too much for other people's validation or opinions or advice and what that could mean to you for your interior design business. So, Desi Creswell is retiring. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, she's actually going to help us to exercise those muscles, to put on our big girl CEO pants, and to take control of our decisions and responsibility for our decisions and not to rely on other people's opinions or resources so much to the point to where it just pushes us out of action, out of doing anything, and not to be afraid of failure. So you guys are going to want to catch my conversation with Desi. But before we get into that conversation, y'all know what time it is. Time for mini news, mini news sesh. Yeah. All right. In today's little mini news, we are welcoming Abigail Weidman to the podcast. Abigail is a social media manager over at Wingnut Social. If you're a client, I'm sure you have seen her smiling face as she works on your account. Abigail, Instagram is making changes again, and it's all revolving around video. What the heck is going on? Yeah, so Instagram announced last week that they're officially removing IGTV from the app. So now all of your video content is going to be in a singular tab on your profile. So videos that would have been an IGTV video and your videos still under 60 seconds are going to be combined. So this video tab is going to include all of your video content with the exception of Instagram Reels, which will still be standalone. So where are videos that are over 60 seconds long going That's just going to stay in the video tab too? There's no big, big change there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're the same. So Instagram did this in order to make the video streaming process a little bit more streamlined for its users. That way you can just continue scrolling instead of having to click on the IGTV tab instead. So what about us creators who have a library of previous IGTV videos? You know, for a while there, they had the thing where you could do them in series and tag them in that way. Are those going away or, and just going to be under this video tab or how are they negotiating that? That's a great question. So to my knowledge, those are staying for now. I've been checking out some profiles that used to have series or still have series and they are still there. So to my knowledge, everything that's there right now is going to stay there, but we'll have to wait and see as they officially roll out this launch. Hmm. Okay. It's always changing. That's something that we here at Wingnut Social called job security. So you guys don't have to stay on top of this. We have to stay on top of it. 
So like I said, Instagram did this in order to create a more streamlined process for its users, but they were also hoping to maximize engagement with this video content. So now for videos over 60 seconds, instead of having a 15 second preview frame, users can watch the videos for up to 60 seconds before they're encouraged to tap to watch more. So Instagram was hoping that this would cause users to be a little bit more invested in their videos before they were told to take an action to watch the rest of the video. Hmm. Okay. I feel like it'll make a little bit of a difference, but we'll have to see. <laughs> and users are now also able to tag people in their videos and add locations to their videos over 60 seconds, which is also a big change from when they were just considered IGTV videos. Oh, okay. So that's going to be very helpful if you're a local business and you want to track people in your little uh, radius there. You can tag the video if you're a service industry or something, which guess what? Interior designers. Okay, cool. That's going to be excellent for uh, reach and discovery. Absolutely. I'm super excited for it. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today, Abby. We appreciate it. Of course. Mini news sesh. Yeah. yeah. Hey there, Daisy Creswell. Welcome back to the podcast. How the hell are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me back, Darla. I'm excited to chat today. It is my pleasure. It is always a thrill to talk to you, Desi, because you know, I think the world of you and I think you're one of the uh, best coaches out there for interior designers. You and I have had a couple of experiences together and I've just always been so impressed by you. So thank you so much for coming back on the show. Oh, thank you. That means so much. Today, Desi, we are talking about something that might seem counterintuitive, especially coming from an industry expert such as yourself, an interior design coach, life and business coach, right? For the interior design industry. Today, we're going to talk about trusting yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> in order to make decisions in your business and what it means to do that when you should seek outside counsel for that kind of thing. And, you know, what the difference is between the two. So tell me how you came up with this. And are you gonna, is this going to run you out of business? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. In fact, in fact, it will not. Because I, I do think that there's a place for business advice. But I also think that learning to ask yourself really quality questions and get your own advice is really an important skill to foster as a business owner. And the reason why it's not going to take me out of business is because it's a challenging skill to learn to do yourself. And I think that so much of what I do as a coach is not telling you what to do because I think you should do it. It's asking you really high quality questions to help you uncover what you know to be true for you and what really aligns with what you want to create in your business. And the more that I can draw that out of yourself, your brain will start to switch actually in how it asks itself quality questions so that you're able to do this for yourself. I often joke because my clients will say they hear me in their head. And I'm like, I always keep thinking, I want to get some bobbleheads made of like, what would Debbie do on there? And just like offer them to my clients as gifts because, you know, eventually you start to think differently and you increase the quality of your thinking and the value of your own brain. And that is something that I teach my clients to do. And that's why I'm not going to go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I say that tongue in cheek, you're brilliant. Of course you're not. And you know what, working with you in the past, you were a sponsor for the podcast and you and I have done some IGTV lives. 
And you and I had an impromptu kind of like example of a coaching session. If you guys want to see that, you can go to Wingnut Social over on Instagram and check out our IGTV. And that is your style. You elicit that your client to do the thinking, to come to conclusions, you know, by way of your questioning stuff. And I think that that's kind of like, you know, teaching the man to fish, right? Rather than mm. just giving him some fish, right? Because that's the lazy way to do it. But that takes practice. It's a it's a muscle to exercise, to think through things with a little bit of leadership, a little bit of guidance to learn those skills. And with, I guess the ultimate goal would be, I mean, you don't want to stay in that situation forever would be to be more self-reliant, self-sufficient, and to graduate, so to speak, to get to a point to where you're more confident in your in yourself and your decisions. Yes, absolutely. I think that that could sometimes be a dynamic that sort of establishes itself within a coaching relationship is there's sort of this parental figure, someone who has all of the answers or knows best. And then when we create that dynamic, which I never want to do within my coaching partnerships, then the client has to be reliant on me. And I'm not always going to be with the client, right? Like you can't unfortunately carry me around in your back pocket. So I want to equip you with the tools to make really empowered decisions about your own business through your own lens. So at what point in a decision-making process, if you're a business owner and you're running through scenarios and you're building those muscles and on how to trust yourself and to make those decisions. How does one even begin to know to differentiate, okay, I got this, or maybe I should reach out to get the help. Tell me what that process even looks like. Cause there's designers out there listening to this. I know who are completely overwhelmed and are probably going to respond to that by taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I mean? I've got to do one other thing, right? Yeah, but right. Exactly. I've got to think about this? No, no, I don't have time to think. Yeah. So I think that there's a certain level of base knowledge that we can gather and research we can do. So if we were to use a specific example, maybe you are thinking about switching to one of the many wonderful project management tools out there that's for your design business. So whether it's like studio designer, my Doma, Ivy, whatever it is, right? Like you might need to do some research or want to talk to some people who've already used the system and say, these are the things that I want it to do for my business. Does it do that thing? Or what do you think are the best parts of this software? And does that align with how I want to use it in my business? So there's this research component to it. Mm -hmm. But then ultimately, you're the one who has to make the decision. So figuring out why you want to continue to ask for questions, continue to ask for somebody else's advice, continue to ask for their opinion of what you should do. I think that's when we get in a place where we want to start saying like, oh, I'm seeking something external that I need to provide for myself internally in terms of what would be best for my business, because ultimately, you know what's best for your business. Right. Do you also think that that's a form of procrastination in a way is that some people are afraid to take action. So just by getting out there and researching things to death and asking people's opinion and, and having that excuse not to just take action. Do you think there's a component there? hundred percent. Yep. I see that a lot with a lot of my clients, whether it's the project management or it's, you know, it could be any decision you're making really because staying in that loop of researching, questioning, is this the right decision? Is this the best thing for me to do? It's a lot safer 
because you don't Mm -hmm. put anything on the line. As soon as you make a decision, you draw a line in the sand and say, this is what I'm doing. Well, then there's something at stake. And that is really scary sometimes because then you could potentially say that you made the wrong decision or you might get an outcome you don't like. And so it's easier to just spin in in that state of research and indecision. Let's dive into that a little bit. What is causing people, designers or business people, to have that hesitancy to not trust their gut or not trust their decision? And at what point do they stop looking inward to make the decisions and reach out? To some, you know what I mean? Because there's got to be a line. There's only a certain limited amount of self research and self discovery on things on businesses, you know, that you can do yourself before you sometimes do have to reach out to an expert. Where's that line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think when it's holding you up from moving forward is really that tipping point, you could call it, where you could be researching and researching. And if you're not making a decision, we need to look at why. And I'd say the number one reason that we don't want to make decisions is because we're afraid of the backlash that we will have with ourselves for making the quote unquote wrong decision. That's the real issue is, are we going to beat ourselves up on the back end if we do something and we get an undesirable outcome or someone else has an opinion about it not being the best way to go, then what are we going to be saying to ourselves? And, you know, someone's always going to have another opinion, an opposite opinion. It might be the wrong opinion. And I'm here to tell you right now that you are going to make some bad decisions, no matter who Mm -hmm. you listen to, whether it's yourself or someone else. Sometimes I've been there, done that, constantly making bad decisions every now and then. Unfortunately, I'm making good decisions more often, but it's just going to happen. So you just have to be prepared to to say, well, screw it. That didn't work. Next. Thank you. Next. Yeah. And (laughs) I have two ways that I'd really suggest people approaching this if this is something that they want to start trying to practice in their daily lives is to start practicing with little things, little decisions that you're making and go all in and trust yourself for the little decisions. So it might even be something as simple as what you're going to eat for lunch. Maybe (laughs) when you go and there's 20 different sandwiches to choose from and you're like, I really like roast beef, but the chicken one looks good too with the pesto. I don't know. I might regret ordering that one. Like start practicing trusting yourself with those little decisions where it doesn't feel like there's a lot on the line so that you could build up that muscle and start to apply it to the bigger decisions. And then secondly, it goes back to, it's, but it works, right? <laughs> that reminds me of my girlfriend and I would be like, what do you want to eat for dinner? I don't know. What do you want to, wherever you want to go. And we just do that for like a half an hour. And I'm thinking <laughs> when you're saying that, remind me, I'm next time I'm just going to shout out what I want. And that's the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And then the other piece of that, right, is deciding to have your own back, whatever that decision is. So I'm not sure where your hesitancy to just declare what you want for dinner is coming from, (laughs) but maybe it's that you think she's not going to like what you want for dinner, and then there's going to be some consequence of that. So you have to start deciding ahead of time that you're going to trust that the decision you make is the right decision, no matter what unfolds afterwards. And really be committed to that. And and when you were saying make bad decisions, we can decide that there really are no bad decisions, that there's just decisions that we make, we get results from them, we learn from them, and we move on. Love it. See, here's an example. You're already starting to dissect me a little. (laughs) But I love it. I love it in in a very good way. Okay. I see kind of three reasons why we want to ask for advice. And 
I think it's important to really understand the background behind this before we look at how we can use advice in business, kind of where we started this conversation over when do you trust yourself? When do you do the research? So when we're looking for advice, we want to ask ourselves why. And often it's because we're looking for permission to do something that Mm. we know we want to do. So we're looking for someone to validate our experience Uh or opinion. So be on to yourself with that one. Because what happens is when someone else gives us advice, it's just that we allow ourselves to believe in what they're telling us. Whereas if it's coming from us, we don't always allow ourselves to believe that it will work. But if someone else says, oh, this will totally work for you, it feels a lot easier to take on. So that's where the permission piece comes in. The second thing that you want to be onto yourself is to be willing to take full responsibility for the outcome of whatever decision it is you make. When we ask for advice, we're trying to delegate responsibility. Well, this person said it would work or this program was going to supposed to work for me, but now it didn't. So it's that program's fault. It's that person's fault. But the problem with delegating away that responsibility is that we're also delegating responsibility for the results that we do create in our lives that we do want to take responsibility for. So we want to take responsibility for it all and accept that these are decisions we're making for ourselves. Okay, so let's say we do reach out. We've got that all, got a good grasp of it, but there is a time where we reach out to a business coach or or someone in the particular field that we need the information for. How do we receive that information without putting that onus on if it fails or if it passes on the other person or you know, getting outside of that validation factor? I think it's really saying that I'm choosing this because of X, Y, Z reason, and I like my reasons for choosing it. Really understand that ultimately there is nothing you have to do. I could tell you, I think you should go market in this way and that that would be a really successful move for your business. But Mm -hmm. if for whatever reason that doesn't feel right, then take responsibility for that knowing that you have of how you want to run your business and really have the confidence then to say, actually, that doesn't feel like it's in alignment with how I want to run things. And could we talk about something else? Like that is showing up as a CEO right there. Hey guys, you know, social media marketing is super impactful and can help you grow your reach, broaden your awareness and build your business like nothing else can. It's not going anywhere. It's a necessary evil. I know a lot of interior designers hate it, but guess what? That's why we're here to do it for you, to take it all off your plate here at Wingnut Social. You never have to look at your social media again if you don't want to. There are three different ways to work with us. We have good, better, best solopreneurs all the way to multi-million dollar design build firms who are working with us at Wingnut Social. And you can go check out their progress and success that they've had working with us at wingnutsocial.com. At the top there, you'll see the case studies. Just drop it down and you'll have a myriad of success stories to look at. We do have openings again. We filled up our fall waiting list, but now we have openings because we have expanded our team. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com or give us a call at 786-206-4331. Again, that's wingnutsocial.com. Yeah, right there. And I like that you're saying that because there's a gut factor Mm -hmm. there, right? Of listening to your gut. And we all know 
even if it's not by a textbook or, you know, something in front of us in black and white in front of our face, we all have this instinct to know if something is right or, or not. It's, it's, it's inexplicable, but everybody that's listening knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> That gut feeling, right? And every time I've gone against my gut in the past and trying to rationalize it from a mental or an analytical standpoint, it's always gone. It's never been good. Yeah, we always learn the lesson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the hard freaking way in a lot of respects. Mm -hmm. All right, Desi, one of the best resources that I've found for business, and actually I have one today, it's not mine, I'm attending another one for marketing, is our mastermind groups. Now, I could see where this could be a little sticky when going by what we're talking about here, because you're getting input not just from a coach, but from other people in your genre, other people in your industry. How do we navigate those waters and mastermind groups, which are tremendously helpful, but I can see where we could abuse those, you know, if we're going about what we're talking about today? Yeah. And I think that's getting really clear on, again, what you want for your business and then filtering the advice that's being given for your particular circumstance. Because when advice is given, which I think that mastermind is kind of, there's a difference between like a group coaching experience and a mastermind experience. I think that's important to sort of suss out here. I have my group where it's out of overwhelm and there's a community aspect where the designers can connect, share resources, support each other, which is amazing. And at the same time, I'm also the leader of that group and right. I'm coaching each person individually on the calls as opposed to a mastermind where it's a lot of sharing of ideas and this is how I do it. This is something you could do. And I see benefit to both. The place where I think it can get sticky is that we neglect to look at the context within which the advice is being given. So every person is going to be coming with a certain set of experiences and their way of doing things. And we have to be aware of where they're coming from so that when we use that advice to apply it to ourselves, we're not using it as blanket advice of like, well, this worked for this person. So now I'm going to just go do that exact thing and it should work for me. So that's where that trust piece comes into play again, where you're taking what's being shared and saying, how does that apply to me? And it's the same thing that I see happen in my group where someone can be getting coached on something that's completely unrelated to what you're dealing with in your business, but you can always be asking it, how does this relate to me? How do I apply this lesson to what I'm going through right now? So it's always, again, bringing it back to yourself and knowing that you ultimately are the one who makes the decisions. How many different opinions do you think someone should get on any topic? Like how much is too much before we start saying, okay, I'm really procrastinating and I'm looking for validation. Is there a set number? I mean, how do we, how do we know? Because <laughs> I am one of those, I will look outside too and say, should I do this? Should I do that? I, I just recently, actually, you'd be proud of me, made a huge decision that I only sought my own counsel for. Mm. We picked up a, a marketing agency we acquired as part of Wingnut Social out of Orlando. I was the only one that made that decision. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. How many different opinions do we get before we just say, okay, this is it. This is my gut feeling. I'm, I'm going with it. Ooh, I wish I could give you a number. That <laughs> would know, be right? great. If you could just say like, yep, it's this many people and we're good. 
I think it's really paying attention to the energy that you're asking the other people for their input with, right? So like, are you in sort of this needy, graspy place of like, if I could just figure out one more thing, or if I could just figure out the right answer, then I'd feel good about making this decision. I think we all kind of know what that energy is like, where you're in that spin of looking for the validation. And I think it can be helpful to just put a time constraint on it too. So saying, you know what, I'm going to research this for an hour. And at the end of that hour, I will make a decision or I'm going to find the three best options. I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to think about each option. And then I'm going to make a decision and we're going to move on and see what happens. I love that. That eliminates the, what is it, the paralysis by analysis. And when I was just thinking, because when we work on projects for my home project, for my remodeling thing, I get three quotes, Mm -hmm. three contractors, three landscapers, and then that's it. That's it. I don't get four. I don't get two. I get three. You know, if if they're available and I make a decision from that. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I keep going because otherwise I could sit around and vacillate all day. I mean, sometimes it might be two, depending, you know, less, but I, I make a decision and just keep going, get the information. Cause I do know that people out there are, Oh, I don't know. I'm, you know, with overwhelmed, there's just too many choices and they'll just never make the decision and they'll just turn around and, and give up and, and not do it. So I love that. Give yourself a limit. Okay. You have this amount of time to vacillate, to read, to study, and then you just freaking do it. That's it. And I want to, I think you bring up a really excellent point, Darla, that I want to highlight. So there's the trust in yourself to make the initial decision. And then there's building the trust in yourself to follow through on the decision or switch directions. If you get new information that makes it so you need to make a new decision, because I think Both pieces of that are equally important. I see a lot of people being afraid to make decisions in -hmm. their business because they see it as a final decision. As in, if I go with this direction, I have to go with that for the rest of my life. It's the end all be all. But ultimately, we can always decide again, right? Even Mm -hmm. right there with a contractor, that's a fairly major decision, right? Someone's going to be intimately involved. But let's say you end up going, you know what? I'd like to remake that decision. You're going to trust that you're going to figure it out. You're going to be resourceful and you're going to find some other contractor to do it, or you're going to remedy the problem some other way. So I think it's trust on the front end and the back end. That's true. Like just recently for Wingnut, we launched Wingnut Premium and it was a really good idea and it was a terrific program. And I was just like, let's go do it. And we had the masterminds and everything were terrific, but it just didn't take off like we thought it did. So it wasn't like I was stuck and doing Wingnut Premium forever. It's like, you know what? That was a great experience. The agency's doing really great. Wingnut Premium, not so much. Let's just call it. That was the end of that. It's not like you're married to it forever. So yeah, and, and you know, that's one of those things. You just you took action, you did it, and maybe that one didn't work out, but that's 100% fine. I'm none the worse aware for it. The people that were in the group at the time got tons of tremendous value from it. And now we're moving on to bigger and better things. <laughs> I love that example that you just gave. And I also want to highlight for the listeners the way that you're speaking about that decision you made to end it. You're not making that decision mean that you failed. No, not at all. At all. It's just, we did this thing. It was great in its own right. And I'm deciding to not continue doing it. 
It was amazing. I made some really good friends and we had some terrific masterminds. It just for what I'm doing here at Wingnut and the amount of people that were in the group, it just wasn't exactly 100% where I wanted it to be. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe now's not the time. Designers are way too busy. It was actually some, actually someone gave me some advice to do it (laughs) in the very beginning. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I don't know. Okay, let's just do it. And then, you know, it, it is what it is. But that's the thing. You have to get out there and do it and not, to my point earlier, not everything is just going to be, you know, rocket ships, rainbows, and unicorn a unicorn farts is going to, you know, you're going to have some things that aren't going to work out quite the way you think they're going to and that that was just happened to be one of them here. Yeah. And I'm sure you learned some really valuable lessons within that. And who knows, maybe you'll try it again at some point and it'll become something even better than you can imagine. Yeah, I don't know if I'll do the premium as far as the episodes or anything. It was just way too much work. <laughs> but, I, but I love the masterminds. Yeah. And that's, that was actually the thing that most of the premium members were, oh, gosh, you know, I don't want to. I love the master. I'm in it for the masterminds. They're crazy valuable. So I think I would like to do a, another mastermind uh, session in the future and just not the extra episodes for the podcast. Because like I said, that's, I put a lot of sweat and sweat equity into these. That's a ton of work. The masterminds are just kind of organic and fun and so much was learned. I learned a lot from the designers in that group, and they learned a lot from you know myself and Emily in that group about marketing and et cetera. It was, it was, I learned a lot. It was valuable. It was not a failure in the least. Yeah, but I, I, you're actively choosing to think about it that way. <laughs> That's what I want to highlight here is because you could very easily use this as an opportunity to say like, oh, I shouldn't, shouldn't have listened to that advice. I shouldn't <laughs> have done this. That was time wasted. So I just want to call attention to everyone. Watch how Darla's talking about this decision that she made and how can that apply to your your life? <laughs> it's called an education. It is. And I, I'm a bigger person. I have more experience for it. And at least I know how to do it. You know, if I wanted to do it again on a different scale or anything else, I love it. Yeah. And I do have to say, I just, I love the community aspect. I think I totally resonate with you saying that the mastermind piece was just incredible. That is something when I built out my group, I was looking at it as a way of really being able to share the information and tools I was teaching on an individual basis on a larger scale. And the community was always a part of it, but I really underestimated the impact of being in that group of of designers knowing exactly what you're going through. They have a, you know, similar approach to how they want to build their business in terms of do it sustainably and do it not just with strategy, but mindset also. And that has been something that has been just a real delightful surprise that has come out of it. And I think that we need to have more community spaces like that within our industry with so many of us working as solopreneurs. Yeah, for sure. But again, remember to keep in mind, just a little bit of research and then just take action. And again, so you see what happened here. I am on my podcast, which is listened all around the world by, you know, tens of thousands of listeners, if if not more saying wingnut premium didn't quite take off. Like I thought, who gives a, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's no, no one's care. No one's losing sleep over it. It's I went out, I took action. It didn't quite take off. Like I thought the good news is, is the nine other things that I've done taken off like wildfire. You're always going to have something, but if you don't get out there and if you don't take action, you don't do it, nothing's going to take off. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. You don't know if it works unless you try. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So we need to listen to our inner voice, our intuition. We need to be confident with our own decision making. Do give yourself permission to do some research to get out there, but not to the point to where it's an emotional crutch or it's an excuse to vacillate or procrastinate or to seek approval from other people. So we're going to develop those muscles, develop that confidence and grow our CEO big girl pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's an that, excellent that. summary there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, you know, Desi, last time you're on the show, you, we did give you some what up wingnut questions. So we're going to give you a couple different ones this time. Are you ready? I think so. Now it's time for what up wingnut. wingnut. Desi Cresswell, what is your favorite movie of all time? I'm going to go with a childhood favorite because I don't really watch movies anymore. (laughs) But I know, I know. I'm a cinephile. Yeah. Don't talk to me about pop culture. I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Uh, But I loved The Wizard of Oz as a child. Aw, a classic. Yes. Very, very nice. I had all the dolls. Like There was a special anniversary collection of Barbie that came out. So I had like all the dolls. I learned how to play the songs on the flute. Um, It was was real wholesome. (laughs) Jazz flute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you won't know that reference because you don't watch movies, but Ron Burgundy played the jazz flute. Oh my gosh, I can picture it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food. What is it? Could I say fruit salad? Would that count? (laughs) So I wouldn't have to pick one thing? Yeah, fruit salad. Fruit salad is a dish. I'm good with it. Yeah, that's like one of my absolute favorite things is going on a tropical vacation in the middle of winter and eating all the fruit. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. And give us another book that has had an impact on you. Okay, so I just read this one called Effortless by Greg McGowan, and it's the same author as Essentialism. And he did Essentialism with breaking down sort of what is essential to do. So it's it's really the philosophy of doing less, but doing better. And then Effortless is how do we make those essential things effortless or easier to do in doing them. And one of my favorite questions to ask myself, and this is this is like something that all of your um, listeners can do, is asking yourself these higher quality questions like I ask my clients. And I love the question, how can I make this easy? And essentially that's what the book is about. So if mm. we're going to do the thing, what is the easiest way to do it while still getting the result that you want? So I've just been loving playing with that. And um, as I get ready to open enrollment for my group in December, and I'm getting all those ducks in a row, I keep just asking myself, how can I make this easy? <laughs> delegate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's usually my, my pet. I'm going to delegate it. This will make it so much easier for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one. Of, is that one of them? Could that be one of them? That's oh, a, yeah, that's for a sure. Response. Okay, I am good, a good, 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 huge good. fan of delegating yeah, both so, professionally so and sister. personally. So my sister. Desi, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you, your group, and how they can uh, get in touch with you to help build these muscles. So um, you can head over and contact me on Instagram at Desi Cresswell. I love to post over there and have conversations. And then if you are interested in the group, head over to DesiCresswell.com forward slash group 
dash coaching and get yourself on the wait list for that. Enrollment's going to open in December for the group that starts in January. And I'm going to be sending out a very special bonus to those on the wait list that you can only get that way. So you're going to want to get on there and take advantage of that. And then of course, I know that you heavily promoted it for me when I was a sponsor of the program. But if you are interested in taking back control of your day, which I know so many designers want to do right now, definitely check out the interior designers, get it done daily planner, my very efficient free resource that you can find at desicresswell.com forward slash planner. It's a free download that is going to support you in time management and mindset. Hit her up at desicresswell.com. You'll see there's like a whole menu there where you can go hit up all these really good things for you for your interior design business. Desi, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. It's always great to see you and chat with you, Darla. All right. That seems counterintuitive, right? An interior design business coach, like I said, getting on there saying, hey, why don't you trust your own damn opinion? <laughs> I'm being silly and I'm, I'm simplifying it, but really think about how important that is for you to take ownership of your own gut intuition, your own feelings, your own decision-making power and capability for your business, win, lose, fail, or draw, or however that goes. Because the best advice you're ever going to receive is when you learn how to exercise that muscle of asking yourself first and trusting in your own answers. And there's a lot of strategies or a lot of tactics, a lot of ways to go around teaching yourself how to do that. And that's where coaches like Desi come into play. But uh, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Remember, if you need help with your social media marketing, wingnutsocial.com, go and check out our case studies. We have some very successful stories from happy interior design clients just like you who are killing it over on social media and getting DMs on the reg from clients who are like, hey, I love that post. I'd like to do this at my house. Can you please give me a call? I see it every day. I see it in the DMs and the inboxes of our clients, and that could be you as well. So give us a call at 786-206-4331. Had to remember that number. <laughs> or again, wingnutsocial.com. Just click the little contact thing there and schedule an appointment and we can discuss doing the same for you. Remember to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. We'll see you next week. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. I don't have anything cool or funny to talk about. Mm-hmm. So take no, no I, uh, <laughs> bloopers already. All right, so jeez, uh, I haven't even started drinking, Desi. I swear to God. Good boy, Mango.